glad you're with us on NFL. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. NFL Live, let's talk about Josh Allen and the Bills hosting Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We got the intense music because the game was just that. All right, early third quarter is where we're going to pick it up. Chiefs, first and goal from the three. Mahomes doing what he does best to Travis Kelsey, who dives at the pylon for the touchdown. I love the creativity of the play. Three tight ends in the field. You just kick it out with blockers in front. Touchdown. 20-17, to 17, Chiefs. Next, Bills drive. Third and goal from the 13. Allen finds a diving Khalil Shakur for the touchdown. Uh, let's take another look at that. Just a ridiculous play. Third and 13 from, or third and goal from the 13. Full speed to his left. Throws it to the top of the pylon and a great catch by Shakir. 24 to 20 Bills early fourth quarter same score Chiefs first and goal from the four Isaiah Pacheco powering in for the touchdown the Chiefs are up 27 to 24 it's always good when these two teams face off next Bills drive Bills on to punt on fourth and five and they fake it smart move give it to DeMar Hamlin on fourth and five makes total sense <laughs> they stop short of the sticks. Chiefs take over the possession. I hear you, RC. Chiefs now in the red zone. First and goal. Mahomes to Miko Hardman. Hardman reaches for the goal line and loses the ball into the end zone. Well, what's been lost in the conversation about this play, the effort from Jordan Poirier to come over and punch that ball out. So after originally being ruled down by contact, the Bills challenge, and it is reversed. Under two minutes to go, Bills ball. Third and nine from the Chiefs, 26. Allen trying to find something downfield, but incomplete there. And so the Bills are forced to kick a field goal. Tyler Bass with a chance right here. Could tie it up. 44-yard attempt, and it goes wide right. Frustrating there for them. The Chiefs win. Let's hear from both QBs. Losing sucks. Losing to them, losing anybody. At home, sucks. Losing sucks. I don't know what else to say. And every season, if you don't win, it's it's a failed season. That's the nature of the business. You know, there's one one happy team at the end of the season, really. And uh, when it's not you, and you're and you're so close, it just it sucks. That was fun. Um, I love Arrowhead, but uh, it, it's always fun when you get to come together as a team and really just be like y'all versus versus everybody and, and get the win. So uh, it's always great to be in great environments and uh, find a way to get a win. Welcome to NFL Live. What a weekend. Dan Orlovsky, Ryan Clark here, Mina Kimes, and Marcus Spears as well. Got to get the wave. Adam Sheffer is going to join us for the latest news throughout. Just like that, boys and girls, the Chiefs keep finding ways to win. Okay, Mahomes <sighs> finished with two touchdowns and a 74% completion percentage. It's his sixth career postseason game where he threw multiple touchdowns and completed 70% of his passes. That ties Tom Brady and Drew Brees for the most in NFL history. And R.C. Mahomes continues to win these playoff games. How surprising was it the way that he got it done yesterday? Well, so it's not surprising the way that Patrick Mahomes got it done yesterday because you feel like if he gets there and he's inside the stadium, we've seen him come up big time and time again. Mm. What's surprising is that they're actually there. Mm. This is the team that early on in this season had all sorts of troubles. You had two tackles that couldn't block, two tackles that couldn't stay penalty-free, tight end and – Travis Kelsey that looked like he lost a step and you couldn't find any receivers on the outside to make big plays. And now in this game in the divisional round of the playoff, 
MVS is making plays. We're getting plays from Rasheed Rice. And we saw a vintage performance from Travis Kelsey, especially yeah. early on in the first half. And so when you look at this team, and I said it a week ago after watching them play in the wild card round, they still have a really good defense, mm. and they have number 15. And if you look at the way that defense finished that game by forcing a field goal, getting more stops than the Buffalo Bills, and the excellence in which their quarterback played with, it's, it's not above expectation that we're seeing them in the AFC Championship. Yeah, again. they played clean, and they played big. You know, and I think this was their best game plan this season by both Andy Reid and Matt, and Matt Nagy of, hey, how are we going to attack this very specific defense? Mm. One, they put a bunch of tight ends on the field. There's that 13 personnel, one back, three tight ends. They set that bunch formation to that side. Now, when they set it, Darren Johnson for the Buffalo Bills, number seven, who's their nickelback, has to go to that bunch. They shift out of it, and then they run exactly at number seven. Now, why do they do it? They pin the edge, and then they've got big people blocking little people. This is a theme that has consistently shown up really across the NFL over the last two years, but certainly when you play Buffalo because they love to keep Johnson yeah. on the field. He's a tremendous player. There's these Johnson to the passing strength now because the two receivers at the bottom. Then they motion. Ball's on the left hash. They're creating a four-man surface top side, but Johnson is still at the bottom of the screen because that's the passing strength, and they're pulling Humphrey, pin the front side. There's that all-pro center, Creed Humphrey, blocking him. Advantage. Kansas City, the way that they used those formations and then shifted or motioned out of them were huge. There's those three tight ends again. They line up in the bunch. They shift out of it. Johnson sets to the bunch at the bottom of the screen. You're going to get that same look. Pin the outside, pull around. Again, there's a 125-pound advantage by the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line when it's blocking a nickel in a corner. And I thought it was fantastic that that was the plan by both Andy Reid and Matt Nagy. Set those formations, shift out of them, and run exactly at the lesser people. Yeah, what struck me watching Patrick Mahomes is after everything he's been through this season, the drops, the miscommunications, the wrong routes, he still had faith in his playmakers to beat man coverage. Dan talked about uh, the multiple tight end looks. One of my favorite play calls of the entire game. Yes. They have uh, Travis Kelsey and the other tight end in a full house formation, the pistol. So in doing so, you get him a head start lined up against A.J. Klein. Perfect throw. Patrick Mahomes trusting that his tight end would win there. And then MVS, you talked about him. Uh, both of his deep plays were against man coverage, the slot fade and the crosser. Look, guys, I'll be honest. If I was Patrick Mahomes, I would not throw at Marcus Velsen's Scantley <laughs> in this game. I wouldn't have trusted him. But the fact that he did and, and then delivered a perfect throw and that MVS came up for him, that's why Patrick Mahomes is different. I really think that trust that he kept stuck to it over the course of the season paid yeah. off in the biggest moment. Yeah, you guys talking about Kansas City. I, I, I firmly believe, and we talk about this as the season goes along, when we get to this point and we have these quarterback conversations or team conversations, we talk about championship pedigree, but we also talk about how the game is played on the margins. It's no longer about the overall team. It's this specific three hours where we have to make a few more plays than the next team. And when you go to this sequence in the fourth quarter with Buffalo, you look at these continuous missed opportunities by this team. This was almost an interception. That's Kansas City making a play. This right here is the fumble mm. by Josh Allen that was fortunately recovered mm. by um, Buffalo. If you just fall on it, it's not a scoop and score. You look at this particular play, a missed opportunity again. And we've lamented about it. And, and look, there is an ease of putting this on Josh Allen, and rightfully so, because there were some plays out there to make. 
But when we get into these playoffs and we start having these conversations about what separates these teams, obviously we go to the quarterback play. But more importantly, we go to the plays that are made on the margins. And as that sequence just showed in the fourth quarter, Buffalo came up short a few plays than Kansas City no, did in order to no, get a win. No, Marcus, don't you say Buffalo came up short. <laughs> don't you say that a quarterback could have made some more plays. Marcus, I know you didn't show that Trent McDuffie should have had an interception <laughs> and that if Trent McDuffie wouldn't have touched it, that LeJarrius Sneed would have picked it off. Marcus, oh, I know Would've you didn't talk it. about yep. him rolling out of the pocket and not throwing the ball to Dalton Schultz when Dalton Schultz was open. Oh, I know you didn't talk about him holding it and waiting for Shakir to, to clear and throw it past the safety instead of hitting Kincaid or instead of hitting Stephon Diggs. No, that didn't happen because all that happened was Stephon Diggs dropped the ball. Josh Allen didn't fumble the Get ball him. and Kansas City didn't fall on it. Josh Allen didn't try to throw Get a pick and Kansas City didn't catch it. All that happened yesterday was Buffalo continuously <laughs> let Josh Allen down. Ain't no way other things happened in a football game that you sometimes right gotta play through freaking adversity and guess yeah. who did it for the third time in the playoffs was Patrick Mahomes. You beat him in the regular season all the time, Josh, but when the yeah. stakes have raised, you ain't won nan. Are you okay, Dan? I did Sorry. this with him for four hours. I know, I know. You I know. Now. But yeah. <laughs> Let's you do it again. You got anything? I mean, if, if you don't know now. If, if we're if we got one big play down the field caught, it's a different game. Credit Kansas City for their win. Unbelievable. Hey, Dan, Dan, it's an issue when you say That's what we're we saying. It's on the margins. <laughs> it's an issue when you say if we yeah, yeah, get one yeah. big you play. First of all, who is we? You, you yeah. just did. You play for NFL Live. You just did. This NFL Live team is something else that we play for here. Did this you play for Allen is now 0-3 in his postseason career against the Chiefs. You're the NFL Live quarterback. I am, actually. So, unfortunately for Dan. But you always win the Super Bowl, Laura. I do. Uh, let's bring in Adam Schefter here. <laughs> go ahead, Adam. What you got? Oh, geez, what are those Dedicated hands, That's where I go. Dedicated to where I go. Okay. Yep. <laughs> what you got, Adam? Okay. That was he was just doing hands. So, we're going to carry oh, on here with what, was we're about actually, to say what we were going to actually ask Adam, which is an update on Joe Tooney. What do we know there? <laughs> We some clowns, man. Well, here's what we got on Joe Tooney, the, the Chiefs' outstanding offensive lineman. He suffered a pec injury yesterday, and it's a situation where if you're an offensive lineman and you have a pec injury and you're having an MRI, even though we're awaiting the official results of that MRI, it doesn't look encouraging for your availability going forward. It looks like the Chiefs will be without him in the AFC Championship game, but we'll see what those tests show. And while the Chiefs could be without Joe Tooney, the Ravens look like they could be getting back Mark Andrews, who suffered this ankle injury earlier in the year against the Cincinnati Bengals. He returned to practice last week, wasn't well enough to make it back for the game, but has a real chance to play in the AFC Championship game. And the big injury question mark in the NFC Championship game is of course surrounding Debo Samuel and the shoulder that he injured on Saturday night against Green Bay was told it was 50-50 whether he'll be able to play. And I think even if he is able to play, the question is how effective he will be because he's such a physical player. And the way he uses his shoulders and body to mm. punish people, he might be compromised if he is out there. But obviously, they'll be charting that all week long. They need him. He's a huge part of their offense. And we'll see whether or not they can get Debo Samuel back in time. 
for Sunday night's NFC Championship game versus the Lions. More updates from Adam throughout the show. I hope somebody clipped off him doing his hands. It was worth it if he did. We're just getting started here on NFL Live. The Lions are headed to the NFC Championship for the first time since 1999. Let's talk about the Lions, Laura, huh? Come to. on. Dan, you're going to tell us what makes Jared Goff and this offense successful, so don't miss that. Plus, Lamar Jackson was unstoppable in the Ravens' big win over the Texans. Stay tuned to hear why RC believes he is the most dangerous player in the NFL. Don't miss it. NFL Live carries on right here on ESPN after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, the reimagined Pro Bowl games are back in Orlando. The first six events of the skills competition are Thursday, February 1st at 7 Eastern on ESPN. The final four events come your way Sunday, February 4th at 3 Eastern, all culminating with a 7-on-7 flag football game. Peyton and Eli are back to coach the AFC and NFC teams, and you'll see a lot of the NFL Live people around there, okay? Don't miss it. We're going to be there the whole time. How about the Lions and the Bucks as we pick it back up with a lot of fight that we saw from Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield on the other side. We're going to go to the fourth quarter where it's a 17-17 tie between these play two. I know, in the Dan, you love it. At 13 minutes left here, second and two. Jameer Gibbs, 29 yards for the touchdown. Just the suddenness that he has. I mean, Winfield Jr. is an all-pro, and he gets up on his toes and runs away from doesn't get touched. Until he gets to the end zone. Just an electric run. 114 yards in the game. Fourth quarter, six minutes left. First and ah, That was perfect. a dime. That was Absolutely perfect. Man coverage. You get a little bit of a switch release. That ball is a pearl from Jared Goff. 31 to 17 Lions at that point. Fourth quarter, four minutes left. Second and 10. Baker, a dot to Mike Evans. Baker played well. And, and Mike Evans off of some early drops. A big contested catch in the post in the end zone. Evans had eight catches, 147 yards in the fourth quarter with a minute left. Second and five, Baker Mayfield intercepted by Derek Barnes. You saw his reaction. You know it hurt. He said it broke his heart to lose this game. But the Lions win, and they're headed to the NFC Championship for the first time since the early 90s. What a start to Jared Goff's postseason career with the Lions. He's just the fifth player ever to throw for at least 550 yards with zero interceptions in his first two playoff games with the team. He joins the guy he was traded for, Matthew Stafford with the Rams, Tom Brady with the Bucks, Josh Allen with the Bills, and of course Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. Dan, how did the Lions' scheme yesterday set Goff up for such success? Yeah, they, they majored in the pass game high lows. They, they, they put a bunch of people short and then had people coming 
behind and they were just putting defenders in conflict. Multiple options at the bottom of the screen. It's fantastic. They got Gibbs next to Jared Goff, three by one at the bottom. What they're going to do is have what we call a pivot and then an in route up top. Now it's zone defense. You're reading this deep to short. He's putting that conflict defender. If that defender decided to stay stay low, he throws it behind. If he goes back, he throws it short. He stays low. Jared Goff replaces him with that in route. That was really the premise of it. Josh Reynolds touchdown. He has what we call the end line. Get it one yard to the end of the end zone and break it in. And then a short by the inside receiver to get right to the goal line. You get in vision. If you stay short, you throw it deep. Fantastic. This was the theme from <coughs> Ben Johnson. Putting those Really hook and or zone defenders in conflict. Jared Goff was very good with his eyes. Ball out on time and everyone was on that wide receiver tight end's face. Yeah, and for me, I love that you started with Jameer Gibbs alignment mm. because I think he's the catalyst of this offense. Yeah. If you go back to that Monday night football game versus the Las Vegas Raiders when David Montgomery was injured, that's when we started to notice who Jameer Gibbs could yeah. be within this offense. We thought he'd be a gadget guy, someone they had to use in different and various ways just to get the football in his hands, but he's turned into a guy who can be an in-between-the-tackles runner. We've seen him on the perimeter. He's also been huge in the past game. And I remember sitting at the draft and us returning to the stage the next day and saying, okay, you picked Jameer Gibbs 12th overall. That seemed a little high for a running back. Now looking back at that draft, that was a great move by this yeah. team. He's added a dynamic aspect to this run game. And when you think Jameer Gibbs, you go Brian Branch in the second, uh, second round, also Sam Laporter and Jack Campbell. Yeah, <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Every time. So, Brad Campbell, bro. the GM, he gets a lot of praise, today, deservedly, for <laughs> this draft, as Ryan laid out. But I, I want to highlight his very first draft pick in Detroit the year before, uh, the right tackle, Panay Suo, because I, I could not take my eyes off yes, him in this game. Him and uh, Jameer, because, yes, to quote Marcus, that big fella was moving. When they pull him to the left, power counter, whatnot, here he's a pass protection. But when they pull him, I am telling you, there might not be a better tackle on the move in football right now. The speed, the physicality, what he was doing for them in the run game was spectacular. And, and I'll tell you what, San Francisco is worried about that based no on what we saw this weekend Absolutely. and then what we saw in this particular game, him pulling and clearing the way for Gibbs. It never fails. We've been doing this show together for a while now, and my spirit animal, Mina Cabs, always comes out in the playoffs and start talking about the big fellas because <laughs> it always matters. Okay, and here's the Got other you. thing: the the way, like the way that Dan Campbell speaks about this team, he actually defines it when games are going on. He actually lives up to all of the things that he says to us in the media and to his football team. Y'all, this is fourth and goal. If you don't get this, it's points off the board. Yep. Dan Campbell doesn't draw up anything intricate. He doesn't draw up anything that's going to try to confuse the defense. He ran right at Vita Vea. And this offensive line and the movement that they were able to get on this particular play, I think personifies who the Detroit Lions are. That's why, you know, as I heard Dan and RC talking this morning and me and MK talked about it as well. That's why we think this team can go to San Francisco yeah. and legitimately have a chance to win the football yep. game because of the line of scrimmage and because of their belief in mm -hmm. their line of scrimmage. It's going to be a great NFC championship because this thing is built in the image of what Dan Campbell tells us all the time. <clears throat> have you started thinking about the Lions in the Super Bowl yet or you're not there? 
Uh, I think I'm going to pick him to win. So yeah. I okay. Have. Wow. There we go. I also I don't know who the <laughs> comp is for Jameer Gibbs. We got to yeah. we got we got to figure that out by the uh, weekend. Uh, from a explosivity standpoint, Marshall it's Chris Paul. Johnson to Ooh. me. <laughs> but in the past game, I agree with Marcus. He could be used like Marshall Falk. And we also sometimes forget how dynamic Ladanian Tomlinson was as yeah. well, Gosh, catching the football. Man, yeah. those are some pretty big company uh, names to be in. All right, still to come. The 49ers, we're talking about them as it relates to this NFC Championship game. Chris they Johnson. are going to be back in it for the first time in the last five years. Mina's going to tell you, though, the one thing that concerns her most about this team. That's coming your way next, right here on NFL Live. NFL Live is Brought to you by Modelo, the mark of a fighter. You better buckle your chin strap. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Because they're a very physical football team. Purdy is going to throw for the answer. George Kittle's got it. Love waiting. Pumping. It's a touchdown. Bo Melton. That's one of the best things about the NFL and football, that if you don't show up, your season's over. Jordan Love fires, and the Packers recapture the lead. McCaffrey off the left side. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown. Throws it back over the middle. No. The 49ers wow. have advanced on to the NFC Championship game for a third straight year. We're just saying Nick Bosa's swole. <laughs> he is. so. Okay, but let's talk about uh, Brock Purdy, actually. Before that game-winning drive, Purdy really struggled. He was 17 for 32, was off target on 35% of his throws. He got it together when it mattered most, okay? He went six for seven on the game-winning drive, and his only incompletion was that drop by George Kittle. But, Marcus, you, you got to still focus on the other stuff, right? How concerning was it the play of Purdy throughout the game on Saturday night? First of all, we can give him credit for a game-winning drive. That's important as well as we saw at the end. But it was murky, and it makes me nervous. The last two times that, that I've one. seen Brock Purdy play quarterback out – He's giving the football away. If you go back to the Ravens game, the starter set mostly in that week 18 game. But this, when I walked away from this game, y'all, I didn't talk. I, I wasn't thinking about Brock Purdy after I watched the film. I thought about how many opportunities Green Bay missed yeah. to win this football game early. Yeah. That would That is what came to my mind. So it's a nuanced discussion. And that's why I love being on this show with y'all, because mm -hmm. we can talk about all sides of the game. Uh, San Francisco capitalized on interceptions that fell in their hands. Green Bay Packers didn't. The Green Bay Packers didn't capitalize in red zone. The San Francisco 49ers did. <clears throat> but when it comes to Brock Purdy, 
That is not going to win you a Super Bowl playing that way one through three quarters, especially if you meet the Baltimore Ravens. Fella, you know, part of me thinks like they needed, he needed a game like that, you know, to, to have to go lead that game-winning drive. I agree with you. It was bad the first three quarters. And I don't know how much of it was the weather and how much of it was he threw that early almost pick six to Darnell Savage and then he completely shelled up and become, mm. became a hesitant player. But to go and say, hey, I have to go make these throws in this moment does matter. I mean, this inbreaker is huge. They clear out that backside safety. RC and I talked about some of this coverage last week. I mean, he floats this ball as he's getting destroyed, okay, over two or three defenders. And let's credit, credit Jennings for going up and making a tough contested catch. But this ball, this, this throw takes one thing, courage, okay? Not a ton of talent. Courage. It does take talent, but more, you got to have some guts to make it. And then it's the third catch. down throw to Ayuk. I mean, this is great coverage versus man. They're going to drop down. He does a good job of holding that safety. And this nickel undercuts it. He's on Ayuk's back hit. This is a throw. This, this is a big-time ball. Now, and, and we, we spent a great what? amount That's of big, today yeah. having a conversation about a quarterback who maybe didn't make that throw or two at yeah. the end of the game. So, it's weird to watch that game because you sit there and say he's not that type of player for the first three quarters. He did play poorly, but you have to tip your hat to him. You say, hey, if they get there, they were going to need some type of game-winning, game-saving, season-saving performance yes, that he put on. Well, I think the thing that comes to mind for me is in order to win a Super Bowl, sometimes you have to learn to win ugly. Yeah, you have sure. to not be at your best, which the San Francisco 49ers weren't. They weren't their best on defense, and obviously their quarterback didn't play a game that we're used to seeing him play. But I do always feel when I'm watching Brock Purdy, like is the, is the glass shoe going to fall off, right? Is, yeah. it, is the clock going to strike 12? Are we going to see what we saw for the two and a half quarters he played without Debo Samuel throughout the middle of the season? And so I think if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you have to do what they did. You know who I know is always going to show up? 23. When yeah. I turn around and McCaffrey, hand this football CMC. off to Christian McCaffrey, he's going to find ways yeah. to make plays. And he wasn't just running with skill. It wasn't just about how quick he could be or fast. It was the physicality. You think about the long touchdown runs. He breaks two tackles, one by Darnell Savage, another by Jonathan Owens. And then you see the speed as Woo. he gets into the open field. I think every now and then Kyle Shanahan has to be reminded of that. He has to remember that no matter how well Brock Purdy can execute in his offense, no matter how many skilled players he has on the outside, he has the number one weapon in the entire NFL when it comes to the running back yeah. position. And you'd be smart to use him because not only will he create big plays, he can also help settle your quarterback down. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm glad you mentioned Kyle Shanahan because you guys know I think he's like the greatest yeah. play caller to walk the earth right now. <laughs> However, he makes some befuddling choices in game management, <laughs> clock management, and, and that was the case in this particular game. There, there were a few things that jumped out to me, but the one that really, really jarred me was how he managed the end of the first half. They had all of their timeouts yeah. at the two-minute warning, but the way he used them, the conservatism, playing for essentially what was you know a challenging field goal in the weather that they missed, he can't make those kinds of choices when he goes up next week against a head coach that I think we know will not play conservative in any situation. Yeah. And yeah. it was especially confusing to me, given that in other parts in the game, and Ryan alluded to this, it's almost like he trusted Purdy too much. Yep. And yet in that moment, I didn't think he used the clock well at all. 
And this is something that crops up at times with him. As, as much as I think he is an amazing play caller, the game management needs to be better, especially uh, next week and the following. I, I think it would be Super really interesting throughout this week for Kyle Mina and, and going into the game is he's going to have to build his plan for Debo. Right. And then he's going to have to build a plan for without well, Debo. And that's going to be yeah. super difficult versus a Detroit defense that is playing high-level ball. Yeah, and I do wonder how much the loss of Debo not only jarred Purdy, but also jarred Kyle. Yeah. Not only just giving Jennings the Debo him, carry, yeah. which he, I, it was clearly a mistake. But from that point on, it felt like he didn't m make adjustments to the offense, and he went into that game specifically thinking Debo was going to be available. Yeah, yeah, again, you heard Adam updating Debo's health earlier in the show. We'll keep an eye on that throughout the week here on NFL Live. Let's get back to some top stories as Adam jumps back in with us. Still three games left to play on the field, but off the field, it's all about the teams filling out their coaching staffs. Let's start with Jim Harbaugh. What do we know about the week ahead for him, Adam? Laura, man in demand. We know that the Falcons wanted to speak with him for a second time, and now the Chargers are expected to meet with Jim Harbaugh for a second time as well. Clearly, interest from NFL teams. Wow, he has an offer from Michigan to become the highest paid coach in college football. Some big decisions await for Jim Harbaugh, who clearly is a person of interest to NFL teams. Meanwhile, the Chicago Bears went ahead and hired the former oh, Seahawks wow. offensive coordinator Shane Waldron as their offensive coordinator. A big job there in Chicago with the Bears holding the number one overall pick and also trying to decide what to do with Justin Fields, the incumbent starting quarterback who very well could wind up being traded this offseason. The Philadelphia Eagles made changes to their coaching staff. Sean Desai will not be back as the defensive coordinator. No surprise there. They moved on from him in the middle of the season, turned over those duties to Matt Patricia, and now with Nick Sirianni back in Philadelphia, it'll be a situation where there are going to be wholesale changes on the defensive side of the football. And one of the candidates that they will interview for the defensive coordinator job, as Jeremy Fowler reported, is the former commander's head coach, Ron Rivera. But Philadelphia taking a long look at its staff and determining what is the best role and what is the best, best path forward as Howie Roseman, the general manager, and Nick Sirianni are scheduled to have a joint press conference together on Wednesday. All right, we'll be covering that here on NFL Live, too, so keep it right here on ESPN at 4 p.m. every day. More from Adam coming as well. Also, Dan and RC are heading to the touchscreen to talk about the Chiefs' defense, how they were able to slow down Josh Allen and company last night. Don't miss it. These boys are back. Dan versus RC, but it's always one of the best things we do on this show. NFL Live carries on next on ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
The postseason NFL Countdown crew will get you ready for Championship Sunday with a three-hour show starting at noon Eastern on ESPN. And following all the games, it's a special NFL primetime with Boomer and Booger at 10 Eastern. Wall-to-wall coverage of Championship Sunday all right here on the ESPN family of networks. We're glad you're with us on NFL Live. Let's get back to Bill's Chiefs. Well, guys, it is a great day. It's normally touchscreen Tuesday, but it is touchscreen Monday. Dan was supposed to give us a touchscreen on how the Kansas City Chiefs were able to stop Josh Allen, but he has let me down today more than my <laughs> pants did this morning. I got you some clips to show how the Chiefs defense. Listen, they didn't have a ton of stops, but I do think when you win a close game like that, third down stops matter. This is a clip third down in the red zone and third down in the fourth quarter that are huge. So third down and goal for this Kansas City Chiefs defense versus Josh Allen. Now a couple things I want to point out. Number one, they line up with one, two, three guys that are essentially to the left side of that offensive line. Chris Jones' alignment matters because while he's on Morsi's right shoulder, he's also somewhat attached to that guard. So offensive line wise, I've got to do a good job of making sure that I protect sending everybody that way. What's going to happen is that's going to free up Karloftis versus my and right Dan, tackle. And also too, what you're thinking if you're Josh Allen, once I see this alignment, yeah. I'm trying to figure out if there's going to be an extra man to come off of the second level because you figure yep. if you slant everyone this way, Karloftis is matched up here, you can have an up and under with the defensive back. Amen. And what happens that's difficult is Chris Jones is a good job of eating too. Like he kind of goes at the center and then towards their guard and I have to pay attention to him and that's going to create this one-on-one -on -one versus Karloftis in that right tackle. Now what's interesting is this. When you let it ride, Karloftis does a very specific job of pushing vertical and then coming flat when he gets even with Josh Allen and then what they do is they take the linebacker and just kind of wait for him right here. Now these two internal defensive tackles, everybody look where their feet are RC, right? Yeah. When their feet just stay there, those guys actually don't even rush. They're but the completely other, the other standing piece, still. The other thing about this is, is what you're looking for though is you don't want Josh to be able to hit the A gaps and rush and now be able to create a scramble that picks up a first down. Yeah. And so if I'm Chris Jones and I'm also the other defensive lineman. All I'm worried about is creating some space in front of me and allowing Karloftis to get to the quarterback. It's really impressive that the design of that is to get Karloftis on Josh's right side, come flat across, this linebacker's waiting, these defensive tackles don't rush, and it kind of forces this batted ball incompletion on third and goal. That's the first drive of yeah. the game. Ends up creating three points instead of a touchdown. Now let's go third down later in the game. You're going to see that same alignment by Chris Jones. What's going to happen is I again have to take my offensive line take the guard, center, guard, and tackle, kick them that way because they got one, two, three, four, so I got to go four versus four, and it's going to be a great one that we call simulated late pressure from Kansas City's defense. When this backer triggers, okay, my right tackle is responsible for both these guys. Karloftis right. the end and the backer. We always say protect inside out. He has now, to squeeze and free up Carlos. Now, here's what's smart about this. Remember, when we talked about the earlier play, I mentioned the second-level rusher, and that is why the tackle was hanging on. He ended up releasing early, and they were one-on-one -on -one with the tackle. Now, when you bring the extra rusher, Carlos gets a free rush, which creates an opportunity to get to Josh Allen. And the thing that stands out in this game is this, RC. There were so many zone eyes from this defense. Yep. Even if this ball gets completed, look at all these zone eyes that Kansas City's dropping off.
off. So if Steph catches that ball, he's got to beat three guys to the spot. And it's also too high. Remember, this is what we've watched Steve Spagnola do the entire season. He's kept the top on the defense, been able to create pressure with simulated rushes and have eyes on the quarterback. They're essentially doing two or three things in one call. I want to ask you one specific thing when it comes to Karloftis. When he gets to that point, you guys as, I don't care if you're D-linemen, blitzers, whatnot, Josh pump fakes. He doesn't jump. What they, what they tell you to do is to match the hand, actually. Okay. If it's a right-handed quarterback, you tell Karloftis to put up his left hand so it can match Josh, match Josh Allen's hands, and you run through him. We've seen so many times Josh Allen pump fake the football, yeah. get a guy's feet off of the ground. And I say this all the time when I'm training. Two feet off of the ground, you can't change directions, and that is important with a guy like Josh Allen. To Dan's credit, we combed this tape. Dan looked through everything. There weren't a lot of stops of Josh Allen. He was a guy that did everything he was supposed to do. But that shows you that when you have Patrick Mahomes, you don't need a lot of them. You just need enough of them. Mm. Oh, I love it. Mm. And um, speaking of enough, good thing you had enough pants on hands today, uh, RC, because as you said, (laughs) you ripped your first pair. Let's go to Swagoo. More for the big man. What's going on next? First of all, first of all, I love that we're coming off a graphic with George Karloftis, a a, a past BMB. But this is the BMB of them all, y'all. We win on the field and we win in retirement. Did y'all see Jason Kelsey <laughs> at the game in Buffalo? <laughs> First of all, the Russell Athletic sweatpants that we all wear right before we about to go do a workout in the gym is phenomenal. No shirt. This is BMB personified. And I got more coming up. Jason Kelsey, thank you from on behalf of all BMBs. Body look good. I need Marcus to do that. <laughs> Big Man Ballin' is brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too. Bring in the new year, BMB. Man, I'm B, I'm B, I'm Dan. Do you guys get it or what? They know we the best athletes on the football field. We are blessed with the hand of God. BMB, BMB. We do this for the money. Won't stop till I get me a bag. I'm going to name him Hemothy Johnson III. <laughs> Look at the big fella run. Somebody better block him. Excuse me, please, on the brakes. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Drinks on me, club on me. We be tired, but we be balling. Man, I'm big, I'm big, I'm big. Oh, Old Spice, welcome. Because everybody want to come out of the woodworks now and be a part of the BMB movement. But let me get it popping with all of the guys that were making plays. Shout out to my girl, MK. I told y'all my spirit animal come out. She sent me this clip and I had to put it on BMB. Look at my man, Michael Pierce. First of all, we got the stats of the size. Six foot three, 45. Guys, that's hard to move. But look at the big fella moving, forcing CJ Stroud to throw it in there and pass. Now I know this may look small to y'all, but this is a big fella making plays. And I guarantee you, if it was Mo Field left, he would have caught CJ Stroud because that's just what we do. Shout out to my dog, Michael Pierce. You're playing out of your mind. Again, my spirit animal showed up earlier in the show, Panay Sewell. And I hate putting offensive linemen on BMB, but I got to put this big fella because this this tape is littered with him being a big man balling, but this one in particular. Now, I feel bad, all right, because DB's got to take what's coming for him. They can't cut anymore, so just get laid down to the ground. That's a BMB move, Panay Sewell. Going to need a lot of that. And last but not least, Dan Campbell. 
Dan Campbell was a tight end. He was over 250 pounds when he played, and he probably still over 250 while he coached. But this is a BMB move on BMB. This is BMB on BMB crime. He ran right at me to bail. Ran right at him. Who in the hell does that in the NFL this day and age? But Dan Campbell said, you know what? I believe in my guy, Frank Ragnall, out there on one leg, one knee, one ankle. And he got enough of the block on Vita Vail to get in the end zone. Now, I don't like that it happened to a BMB, all right? But don't judge me. <laughs> all I'm doing is highlighting another one, make plays. Those hey, BMB for the win. A little bit unconventional, but I felt them. Watching Michael Pierce run was like watching Nino and Jack have a race. <laughs> Listen, we got we got big man balling all over this show, okay? Uh, there are a lot of man. questions as we get back to the playoffs in our conversation about Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, entering his matchup with the Texans. Lamar answered them all and then some. He posted a 94 total QBR, threw two touchdowns, and rushed for two more against the Texans on Saturday. He was one in three with a 42 QBR in his first four postseason games entering this season. I'll just tell you, Lamar knew it. He heard about it going in, and he was ready to prove all those doubters wrong, but he is laser-focused on a Super Bowl. Mina, what impressed you about Lamar and the game plan specifically in Baltimore? Yeah, the story of the game, on offense at least, was the adjustments that the Ravens made to the blitz because yeah. they came out blitzing. And, and the yeah. first half, it, it didn't look pretty. And Lamar actually averaged a 3.51 time to throw against the blitz in the first half. In the second half, that dropped to 2.25 seconds. And, wow. and what struck me watching him throw into pressure in the second half, particularly on the first drive, mm -hmm. whether it was Isaiah Likely coming in the short motion to clear that passing lane to Aguilar, or Zay Flowers running the hitch so that Justice Hill could get the ball, was the attention to detail and the spacing. And that is what makes this, Lamar, this Ravens offense so different under Todd Munkin yeah. versus the last few years. How many times watching them did we claim about, did we complain, pardon me, about the depths of the wide receivers, the lack of space, Whereas watching them, especially on that first drive, it was all executed perfectly by the mm. pass catchers. So credit to the quarterback, but also credit to the offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, because he did a fantastic job in the second half. It, it is another example of this is the new and best version of Lamar that we've seen. And I know that is saying a lot. He's won MVP. <laughs> He's been one of the best quarterbacks in football. When he has a plan for pressure, when teams are going to blitz him and he gets it out of his hands, it's a problem for defenses. You count the steps that the defender's coming, he can drift away. This is early in the game to Zay Flowers. They get an empty. You're going to get pressure from up top. Look how quickly he replaces that blitzer to a tight end. So the defense is like, crap. He knows what we're doing. Let's just four-man rush him. Uh, listen, Kansas City, you're great. If you four-man rush this dude, you're night-night. <laughs> Especially if you're going to play match coverage with defenders that are going to carry people when it comes to essentially where they get into their zones. When you four-man rush Lamar, you're basically saying, here's open running lanes, unless you have unbelievable discipline and plenty of eyes on. And I'll be honest with you guys, I don't know what to do. Because <laughs> if you blitz him and he has a plan for it, that's when you sit there and say, we don't necessarily have the chance to stop this guy. I'll be fascinated to see how Spags, the defense coordinator for Kansas City, handles him. Because I think if they blitz him and he plays like that, I don't think you can stop him. Yeah, I'm I think glad if you don't blitz him, I mean, I'm going to stop him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Spags because we have to give some flowers to Todd Munkin as well. I sure. think we all wondered 
how he would not only change this offense, but how he would allow Lamar Jackson to progress individually. And Dan just showed you there. When he has a plan, he understands exactly where the ball is supposed to go. Nina mentioned the attention to detail, the spacing in the offense. It's also incumbent on Lamar Jackson to have to execute and understand where the football yeah. needs to go when facing these pressures. And I don't think we've looked at what Lamar Jackson has done above the neck this season in the way that we should. And with all of those things said, when he takes off running, he's still the best athlete in the world in the yeah. open field. He still treats professional athletes like high school players. <laughs> and that's what scares you, that if all else fails, if you do get to him, if you do trick him, you still have to get him on the ground. And a lot of teams have had trouble mm. doing that. You know, Dan and MK talked about the pressure and the answer and the pressure and Todd Muck and RC just mentioned Lamar Jackson with his legs. And I still come away every time I watch the Ravens saying, they never lost their identity. Yep. They still will run the ball down yeah. your throat no with those running backs. And we saw Justice Hills and we saw Gus Edwards. And then we saw Dalvin Cook not even expect to have a hole in the run <laughs> game and go for 21 yards around the edge. Y'all, this team is as close to unstoppable. I really believe this. And I'm, I know this is a big statement because they about to play the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Ravens have to beat themselves. No doubt. Yeah, I think they yeah, have statement. to beat themselves yeah. to lose a football game. Yeah. Because when you look at all of the yeah. ways that they can attack you, and we're not even talking about the number one defense yeah. in the NFL yeah. that creates all kind of havoc for what you do. We'll so there. yes, Patrick Mahomes is walking in, and if he if he wins this one, I'm gonna put a crown on top of his head <laughs> and say he's the GOAT. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Straight uh, up. One thing, guys, I was on they the Texans sideline, of course, in that game, and D'Amico Ryan's kept going up to the linebackers. He's like, guys, he's gonna run every Every opportunity he gets, you got to get to him faster. They're like, Coach, he's so fast. I'm trying. I'm Sounds trying. good. I'm trying, Coach. <laughs> Time for one more thing before we go. For that, we check in on the Ravens locker there. room after a win. Hey. Oh, look at John Harbaugh hey. getting yes. after it. Hey. Man, he said his, hey. he said his yes. kids hey. were like, Coach, hey. you know, <laughs> Dad, you don't look very cool. It doesn't matter. Jay Flowers don't look great. That's that yak. Jay Flowers came out with a running man. That's that yak drink. What do you call that? That's on that yak. I can't dance, but I've been drinking. That's the last one. drinking? I don't think so. I think it would. Hey, I'm going to do this. We're all going to do this in Vegas for the Super Bowl week. Bro, do you know how good your team Do you know how good your team got to be for you to be a future first ballot Hall of Fame coach and dance like that? I love it. Boy, your team is good. Oh, no. You went out of screen. No one saw it. It was terrible. We'll see you tomorrow. I hate it. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm out of here. I'm leaving. I don't